because people have cut out their cross training, they are having to ski less and less because they've lost some of that fitness, that endurance, that strength. So they're skiing less and less and less, trying to get ready for what might be their biggest event of the year. Ski or die. 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 Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Ski or Die podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Montavon. And I'm Stevie Island. And if you're new to the show, we go over the rules really quick. So we are an organic podcast, which means that we don't um, host any ads on the show. We don't really want to push ads at you. So all we ask is that you help us grow by sharing this episode today with somebody who you think could also benefit from it. So if you learn something or feel inspired, please share it with somebody that you care about and help us grow the Ski or Die community. So today's topic is actually a community ask. It comes to us through our community text app. Um, By the way, I love community text. It's so great because I get to text all of you guys um, as opposed to like email marketing or, you know, social media DMs, which honestly kind of get lost with all of like the fake users, you know, those like bot accounts that message you. It's like harder to keep track of things and I love getting to talk to you guys. So um, if you're not in the community text app, shoot me a text, just like a hey to uh, 561-468-3603 and that's a plus one it's a u.s number Um, and we'll get you added to the community and then you can chime in on those conversations as well but this topic was um asked by many of you in different ways you know we had some people saying how do i balance the gym and skiing how do i train off the water um off the water training is something i struggle with Um, I struggle with back and core training. Um, What are some things that can help me cross train for skiing? I mean, there's a lot of different ways it's been asked. And so this topic is probably overdue. How do you balance cross training, the gym and skiing? And we held off on this topic because I feel like it's more important to discuss this balance in tournament season than out of tournament season. Here's the thing, in the off season, if you train a little too hard in the gym and you have to take a lighter ski day, it's probably not the end of the world because you don't have a tournament, an event coming up, something where you need a score, you're trying to um, put a score on the rankings to qualify for maybe your regionals or your nationals. But in tournament season, um, all too often, I see a lot of people just quit the gym altogether and they focus solely on skiing. so that they can't fall into that pit of overtraining in the gym and it affecting their skiing. The problem with that is um, when your only physical activity is skiing, um, if skiing isn't going well, it can be devastating. We've seen many a person fall down the emotional spiral of I'm not skiing well, so 
nothing matters, everything is terrible, this is the end of the world. First of all, the gym kind of offers you an outlet, right? It's a place to do something where you're not competing, you don't have to do it and win, you don't have to do it and beat a PB. Um, it's just something you can do to better yourself. Of course, you want to be cognizant of your technique and your you know, form um, so as to not injure yourself, but it's not a competitive environment. Um, the second thing is, if you completely, you know, pull yourself out of the gym during tournament season, you're going to get weaker. You and I have noticed many times that WHOOP does not recognize skiing as activity. So we have those fitness trackers we wear on our wrists. They're called WHOOP. You can look them up. And we will ski many sets, and WHOOP does not recognize that. Now, if we go for a walk, WHOOP will recognize that we walked. <laughs> it, um, but it, it doesn't see skiing as activity. It doesn't see it as high strain. It, and, I mean, when I saw that, I was like, I think we really need to stop saying skiing counts as our only exercise for the day. Okay, to be fair, I think that what the WHOOP is looking for and what it's designed to look for is prolonged increase in um, you know beats per minute on your heart rate we're, we're kicking Rosie out of the room right now because she's chewing on everything yeah, sorry <laughs> but uh, what it's really looking for is just prolonged cardiovascular activity obviously skiing is more of a sprint style like 16 seconds of exertion and your heartbeat doesn't usually just you know, spike it's more of a skill training and it's very quick I hear you there. You know, I think, however, I will say that some people use WHOOP to really analyze, like, how well they did on an interval training day. And you could say skiing is kind of like interval training, but even if you did, it's such a short interval. And it's not very high intensity. Right. It feels high intensity. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a lot of strain on your muscles. Right. And your mind. <laughs> but, so, you know, coming back to the topic at hand. People quit skiing during tournament season and they start to lose some strength. And then what I ultimately end up seeing is um, come U.S. nationals, so mid to end of August, um, because people have cut out their cross training, they are having to ski less and less because they've lost some of that fitness, that endurance, that strength. So they're skiing less and less and less, trying to get ready for what might be their biggest event of the year. And it's, it's sad to watch because obviously it's very stressful for them and it's not really an appropriate structure um, to train in leading up to whatever your biggest event of the season is. So that's why we held off on um, talking about the gym and skiing at the same time, how to balance those two for tournament season because I think it's possibly more important. Sorry, Rosie's being really awful. <laughs> She's just scurrying around. <laughs> Worst administrative assistant ever. Um, so that being said, I, I want to talk a little bit about how I see balancing the gym and skiing. Um, and then I'd love to hear your input because I know that we train somewhat simil similarly, but I think we've had different experiences. Um, and so, so, you know, first of all, what I want to talk about is the concept of a deload. You and I refer to it as tapering. Chet refers to it as tapering. And what Chet has meant by that when he's coached us into tapering is, okay, we're leading up to three tournament weekends in a row. I need you to taper in the gym so that you can ski more volume and you can ski quality in that volume. Um, so it's not like, a, oh, less is more kind of a thing. It's like, no, I need you to ski a lot. I need you to ski really well. So when he says taper in the gym, 
um, really what he's talking about is something called a deload. So, you know, a deload um, is a period of time, it's usually a week, um, where you reduce the amount of weight and or volume that you're working with in the gym. So you're reducing that intensity, whether it be you take longer breaks, you do your movement slower, you do less weight, you do body weight, you do smaller um, sets of reps. Um, a deload is meant for you to get some rest and recovery without completely stopping training. So a lot of people think that when they, there, there is value in a rest day, don't get me wrong, but a lot of people think, oh my God, I'm overworked, I need to take a week off. And you know, if you're burned out, maybe you do, that's a separate conversation, we'll talk about burnout at some point. But what you might actually need is a deload week or a deload period in your tournament season so that you're still getting some training, but it's not actually affecting um, your tournament performance, potential tournament performance and your ski performance. Um, I will comment on that. Yeah, go for it. So obviously this is referring to people who have a baseline, but even if you don't necessarily have like a fitness baseline or a kind of set regimen that you're doing that you could deload off of, mm -hmm. even just getting into flexibility and mobility training, maybe for particularly older, uh, you know, less active skiers, is huge for becoming, you know, less prone to injury. Mm -hmm. So that's something to consider. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, using your deload week to maybe stretch more. So, you know, bring like taper in those the movements you're doing, the volume, the intensity, whatever it may be, but then really get into stretching. Um, because my mom always says, you know, you're stretching well when you like break a little bit of a sweat, you know? So that's more like that active stretching, like active mobility. Um, but ultimately, a deload is about working in the gym. Um, or wherever you choose to train, cross-training while allowing some recovery. So what I love about this concept and how we tie it into our skiing is you can kind of have your cake and eat it too. I can ski, I can cross-train, and I can recover. And you know, during a deload week, it's important to put emphasis on hydrating, um, getting good sleep, um, getting your nutrition in line. You really want to capitalize on that deload week. And you know, they really recommend a deload um, every four to 10 weeks. So the more intensity that you train with in the gym, whether it be like a lot of weight or a lot of volume, the more frequently you might need a deload, like you might be looking at every four to five to six weeks. Um, if you train on the lighter side, like maybe you're more cardio based, you're more body weight movement based, you might not need a deload as frequently because you're kind of living in a deload. Um, and it's really case by case. Um, but, you know, you and I, um, we're going into our third tournament tomorrow, third weekend in a row here, this little South Florida tour, as I've called it. <laughs> and um, we've kind of been conscious of doing something like a taper, like a deload, because we're looking for high performance on the weekends, but we can't not go to the gym. We can't lose all the strength and all the gains we made, you know, during the off season, or what was the point of the off season then? For sure. Um, so, you know, for me, um, that has been doing lighter weight than what my programming would recommend me to do. So my gym programming um, right now, like when it says do 95% of your one rep max, you know, three deadlifts, 
I don't let myself do that, even though I would love to do 90 95% of my one rep max. You know, I would love to find a new max right now. That's, you know, really a self-control and being aware and, and being smart about it um, and bringing things down, my weights down 15 to 20 to 25% and just really focusing on the form. Um, and I don't feel as sore. I don't feel like as worn out, but it's helped me ski better the next morning. So I have a similar thing going on. I, I train with a, a girl a trainer, Abby Heffern, who does my programming for me. So I just told her, hey, I, I have these tournaments. I need to taper. And she does it for me. But essentially, it's the same thing. Right. So the example, that's an example of us doing it correctly. We're deloading properly for our tournament season. Uh, we had three weekends in a row, like you said. And then we tapered three weeks in a row. Um, and then we're going to start bulking back up in July because we have no tournaments. But a really good example of how not to do it is me last year. So, <laughs> so me last year, I was kind of just getting really into the nitty gritty of CrossFit and weight and Olympic weightlifting, and I was like really trying to get better at that and compete in CrossFitting and all of this other shit. And so I was just going hard as fuck in the gym all the time, week after week after week after week after week after week for like 50 straight weeks with no deload. And I was getting a lot of gains out of it, but I was also just wrecking my body and I was also skiing like complete shit. <laughs> and I had a couple injuries last year. Uh, two stand that stand out is I re-injured my back, ended up having another case of bulging discs, so my L4, L5, S1. I had to go get an MRI, I had to get three epidural injections. That was because of super heavy deadlifts. Like, I think it was, five reps at 295 30 minute MRAP with Oof. some push-ups in there or something it was insane it was one of those like uh, benchmark crossfit workouts i got destroyed and uh yeah that sucked that was very like a lot of weeks of pain and not skiing um hurt my left deltoid mm -hmm. and that's still bothering me it's a what lot about better your bicep me. didn't you have a bicep problem that was part of the deltoid so the bicep okay. tendinopathy shit i forget that word but uh, basically, it's a strained bicep that was press pre pressing into my deltoid that was pushing on a nerve. Right. Um, that was not good. Yeah, because, I mean, in that one, well, your back, of course, that sucks. I mean, skiing, but, you know, the shoulder, how that can affect, like, grip strength down the road if, you know. Yeah, and I had to handle it. It was yeah. a pain in the ass. And that was because I was just doing way too much. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wasn't used to a lot of lifts. I was going too heavy in the gym. I've learned a lot since then. This yeah. year I've been way better about, you know, making sure I'm doing the proper amount, uh, you know, heavy lifting, proper amount of training uh, versus the skiing. Mm -hmm. And my skiing has come a long way because of it as well, I think. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, something I ask myself in the gym a lot is, is what I'm about to do actually make me a better skier? You know, so is push pressing 110 tonight? the night before a tournament, would that make me a better skier? Probably not, because I've never push-pressed 110, and really overhead strength does not come into play for tomorrow's tournament, right? So, I mean, we're making big general statements here, but we have to because it is case by case. You know, really, we can only get specific when we're talking about ourselves or other people's specific experiences. But I think that's something, that's a mindset to take into things is, okay, does this make me a better skier tomorrow? Or am I actually overdoing it? And I mean, that's really very specific to you almost, you know, because before we started dating, we were in the same gym and it was literally like the watch Stevie kill himself show. 
<laughs> like you were absolutely gonna win every class, but it was just like, what level of like brutality was it gonna be? It was it was so hard to watch because you just went so hard and you could see you were dying. But it's really cool. I mean, you're an overachiever, and I think we everybody knows that, and that's where that comes from. Um, but but it didn't help my skiing. No, it didn't help your skiing, and that's a good example of not balancing the gym and skiing because mm-hmm. eventually both things suffered. Mm-hmm. Once you bulge a disc in your back, I mean, you don't do deadlifts anymore for that reason. Um, for a while, it was really hard to ski, so. You know, going too hard one or the other, skiing or the gym, can kind of take you out of the running for both things. Yeah. And for background, I've had the bulging discs for like five years now, mm-hmm. but it just got worse last year. So I know people are listening to this like, oh, CrossFit, like you're going to get hurt doing CrossFit no matter what. That's not true. No, the culprit was you were building a desk. Yeah. Well, let's not talk about that. <laughs> it was truthfully skiing. Ikea and lack is dangerous. Of <laughs> but it was truthfully skiing all the years of my youth with mm-hmm. dropping my ass and not skiing properly mm-hmm. uh, mixed with doing zero flexibility training while mm-hmm. also pursuing different athletics. Mm-hmm. And then music school, sitting on my ass, playing guitar <laughs> endlessly. Um, so, you know, I mean, yeah... It's really hard to um, give specific examples for how people can better balance the gym and skiing other than consider where a deload week, or because we're, t- we're talking about skiing at a high performance, a deload period could be beneficial for you in your tournament season. It's kind of like look at your tournament calendar and, and plan appropriately. Like you said, we've been deloading for three weeks now. After this weekend, July, we don't have anything as far as we know. We're gonna, we won't necessarily bulk because um, we're not really looking to like gain weight right now, but we're gonna hit it a little bit heavier um, because if we're a little bit sore when we ski some days, it's not gonna be the end of the world. We're looking to get a lot of reps in in the gym, a lot of reps in on the water. Um, but then come August, we've got, you know, Hilltop and US Nationals. So we'll probably deload again for some period in there. Um, and I think when you look at your calendar like that, it takes a lot of the guesswork out of it, right? So instead of showing up to the gym and kind of making it up or playing it by ear, that whole, today I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, instead of, you know, have it planned out on the calendar. So, at least a week in advance. Right. So you know we the framework. We do weekly programming. Yeah, we do. So, I mean, that's the best way to do it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And you can even taper week by week if you need like, I didn't start my taper probably until the week before the Hobe tournament, which mm-hmm. was the first of the three this month. Right. I don't think that's that big of a deal. No. If you do week by week. Like, you don't have to be OCD planned throughout the year when your tapers are going to be. Yeah, no, I think you can... Yeah, it doesn't have to be months out. But if you're somebody who likes to plan or likes peace of mind, you can look at a whole calendar and, you know... Yeah. And I think the most important thing, too, is that we're stressing that it is important to train off the water. Absolutely. In a season. Because you're right. I think a lot of people will just ski in the summertime. Like, I used to do it, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, you know, speaking of, you know, today, Chet finally admitted to me that he thinks CrossFit is good for me. You know? I don't know if if he's saying CrossFit is good for everybody, but I think he sees now that the two can coexist and the strength from CrossFit um, has helped me on the water. 
because if I get, you know, I, I get after it, you know, when I have to, when I want to, and having that strength to support those somewhat violent moments um, has made me better, you know, for just to put it plainly. Um, and so that was really cool because, you know, from my perspective, I'm, I'm seeing things from my perspective. So for my coach who sees things from the outside and his job is to help me be better, for him to say, this is good, um, I think that was a huge kind of milestone for me in a way today. Yeah, that's great validation. Um, and I'm not a spokesperson for CrossFit or anything. You know, <laughs> I know people think it's culty or whatever, but if it were not for CrossFit introducing me to overhead lifts, Olympic lifting, and mobility being the biggest thing, and flexibility training, if it were not for those things, I would not be able to ski nearly as much, if at all, mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And that's huge because of my back injury. I thought that, I mean, for a while, for the first couple of years after my injury, I was never going to be able to ski again. And now I'm skiing a lot, like more than I ever have in my whole life. Even when I was a kid, you know, trying to win nationals or whatever. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's, it's super important. It can be very beneficial to you. Yeah, I know it sounds like we're always over-promoting CrossFit, but, you know, here's the thing. I forget her name. One of my fellow first form trainers posted on Instagram last night. I I forget which one it was, though. Um, Talking about why doing something like an Arnold press with a dumbbell, doing it standing is actually better for you than doing it seated. Why is that? Because when you do it standing, you have to engage your core more. So the thing about CrossFit is they don't believe in doing like machine exercises. They don't believe in doing things seated. And it's for that reason. Stabilization is big. Yeah. You know, as I've said before, almost everything can be a core exercise if you're doing it right. Yeah. A deadlift actually uses your core if you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. Squats, overhead press, everything does. Um, And so that's why we're such fans of CrossFit is because you're almost getting more bang for your buck because of you know the foundation that is CrossFit, like what it's about, functional fitness, you're getting more out of it in terms of fitness benefits just by the sheer format. Mm-hmm. And that's why we promote it so much. And I think that's part of why it's been beneficial to us. We're not isolating one muscle group because I mean, we're not like bikini competitors, right? <laughs> like physique competitors. Well, and it's you know, part of the reason why we kind of use it to influence our own programming that we were slapping our names on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so if you guys follow us on social, you'll, you've will you seen that um, next Friday, July 2nd, we've got our first set of programming coming out. This was something that you guys asked for and um, we're very excited about. And it really has a lot to do with this topic, actually, the Skeered Eye Foundations. Um, and the reason we named it that is it's a lot of functional body weight movements. So you know, the worst thing that we think could happen to somebody is in the middle of ski season, they start like lifting with weights and they don't have, um, you know, all that stabilization um, training behind them and they get hurt, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a body weight program. It's good for people who travel, who want to train at home, um, who just don't like going to the gym, um, who are looking to get fit and they need a plan Um, It's also good for people who are athletic too. It's going to test your endurance and um, your body weight athleticism. But the point is, it's really perfect for tournament season, right? Because 
it in itself is kind of like a deload program, um, which means you can do it all through your tournament season and it really only can benefit you. Um, yeah, and I mean, we're very, very excited for about it um, and for all of you and to launch it. Um, we definitely want to talk about some, you know, actual uh, equipment-based programming in the future. But when we looked at where we were at in the tournament season, um, we just thought this made the most sense. This is something you can integrate right in your, into your training, you know, tomorrow if you wanted to. It's not going to impact your skiing. It's going to, you know, increase your cardiovascular fitness. It's going to increase um, your muscle strength. Um, it's going to increase your endurance. Um, so, you know, I think that it's, the timing could be better. Yeah. And also flexibility, mobility training in there. Absolutely. Very important. And that you can introduce into your daily life, just different stretches, different exercises that we've come across through PT, mm -hmm. muscle therapy, CrossFit, yoga, all the good stuff. Yeah. The, actually the, um, the, the warm up and the cool down, um, routine that we added in there is um, a blend of the warm-up that you and I use before we ski. I, you know, I, I took all of my favorite stretches and movements and ones that I saw you doing, and I you know, combined those into the warm-up. Um, and so I hope that's something that people use beyond the programming. I hope they take it to the lake with them. I hope, you know, in the morning when they wake up and feel stiff, you know, okay, like, sure, go pee and wash your face, but then work through these movements so that you're not like a miserable motherfucker all day. <laughs> yeah, before you sit at your desk. Right. I do that on days when I'm not skiing in the mornings or, or doing the gym in the mornings. I'll, I'll definitely have to stretch before hitting the desk. Yeah. Because I just can't just sit down right after sleeping. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, but a good place yeah. to wrap it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I mean, to kind of summarize things, how to balance skiing in the gym I think it comes down to what time in the year are you if you're in tournament season look into the idea of tapering for periods deloading for periods and when you're not in tournament season sure work a little heavier more intensity higher volume build that strength up um, and if you you know need some structure around how to properly deload um, our foundations guide would probably be a great fit for you um, either to work through it it's an eight-week program so to work through the whole eight weeks or use it intermittently throughout your season um, as needed for your pre-tournament um, deload phase but yeah we're looking forward to launching that and we will show you guys um, more details very soon yeah a week from today right yep July 2nd July 2. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks. All right, guys. Episode's over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It would mean so much to me. And if you want to be the first to know about all things Ski or Die, shoot me a text at 561-468-3603, and we'll get you added to the community.